0: Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of The Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. Today we'll be looking at Chapter 2, Lift Up Your Heads, You Mighty Gates, In Light in the Darkness, a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas from Next Step Press. Our special guest today is Jonathan Wrights. He's a professional coach and director of training and CEO at a company called Fluxify. We'll get to know Jonathan a little bit better. After a brief introduction, you'll hear me pray, and then Jonathan will read Psalm 24 as it's printed on page 15 of the hymn journal. After a bit of discussion, you'll hear me read the devotion on the following page, and then we'll hear from Brooke and Brendan as they give us their rendition of Lift Up Your Heads, You Mighty Gates. After that, Jonathan and I will talk about the prayer experiment, A King's Welcome, found on pages 18 and 19 of your hymn journal. We'll talk a little bit about what it means to open up your heart and life to Jesus, even when there are places in your life you don't really want to open up to Him. Jonathan will share some of his own personal story, and I'll also get a chance to ask him if he were coaching you and me as his clients in this Advent season, what are some of the things he might ask us to consider as we wonder about opening our lives to Jesus. I know you'll enjoy listening to Jonathan, and I hope you'll find something that helps you take a small next step. Hey, wherever you are, and however hectic or busy you've been this season, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking time out of your Advent and Christmas preparations to spend with the Next Step community. I'm glad you're here. Jonathan Wrights joins us in the Next Step podcast. Jonathan, welcome. Hi, Justin, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm so glad to have you here. Hey, before we get going, would you mind uh, giving us an idea of kind of vocationally what you're up to? What is Fluxify and, and what do you do there?
1: I am an executive and leadership coach for individuals in organizations of all types. It's been interesting that as Fluxify has developed, as my own coaching career, my own coaching process has developed, the people I work with have changed In their context, not so much in what they do, like it's still leaders Hmm. and still people that have somebody following them, someone that's casting vision, but where those leaders lead has really changed and evolved in some in some pretty interesting ways that I think maybe we'll get into a little bit as we dive into today's content.
0: Oh, well, excellent! Well, that's a, that's a fun teaser. I can't can't wait to hear more about that. <laughs> uh, as we begin, we're going to be looking at uh, chapter two, hymn two, "Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates," in the hymn journal "Light in the Darkness," a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas. And we're starting on page fifteen with the reading of Psalm twenty-four, uh, but allow me to join us in prayer before we begin. Come Holy Spirit and be with us, be among us today. You inspired these words from Psalm 24. Would you therefore also inspire our hearts and inspire our conversation that Jesus might be present for us, that you might strengthen our faith as you strengthen our relationship, that you might cause us to lean in and depend a little bit more on Jesus this week. Come Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: All right. This is Psalm 24, verses 3 to 10. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in.
0: Amen. What a great Advent reading. Thank you. Uh, is there anything that really jumps out at you in that reading through the psalm?
1: Well, the, the, it's funny. My, this is one of these psalms that takes me bla- back to a certain place in, in, hmm. in my past. And I, I, if, if you're a kid of the, uh, of the 80s and 90s like I am, and someone who paid attention to contemporary Christian music in, in that era as it began to really take off, There was a song by a band called Third Day, called King of Glory, Mm -hmm. that really centered on the the, the last three or four verses of this psalm. And reading that out loud just now, I was taken back to the time in my life, the last time I was a youth director in in Mm -hmm. a Lutheran congregation, where that moment of that, those words brought me back to a moment sitting around a circle with a couple of adults from the congregation and about 10 or 12 young people wrestling with how do we tell people who Jesus is in a way that will make sense in today's world. And this was, hmm. I mean, it's funny to think about this now because it's, that's 25 years ago at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um. The world is completely different now than it was then. And Jesus isn't. The challenge, mm. st- this challenge still remains for us to figure out how to talk about Jesus in a way that makes sense to the world around us. But mm-hmm. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and, and will be tomorrow. Uh, the, mm. the, the opportunity to communicate, to witness to what he's done in our lives or with us that's the thing that comes to mind because of that third day song that takes me back to sitting around in that circle at fellowship lutheran church in tulsa oklahoma
0: (laughs) oh that's great thanks thanks i love that it's a great memory I, uh, this, this theme of Jesus coming and Jesus coming again and again to us. And, and of course, an Advent, we're preparing for Jesus to come at Christmas is his first coming, his first Advent. And then we often think of the, the second Advent, the second coming of Jesus, and we look and long for that. And then in between, there's all these other, all these other comings, comings in ways that the people around us, in ways in which we can understand too. So this King of glory wrapped in the, uh, in words and, and communication that we can understand. That's, uh, that's a great image, thanks for sharing that. No, you bet, you bet. Hey, um, before we, we dive in too much further, let me turn the page here and I'm gonna read the, the devotion for this chapter here. It's on page 16, I'll just read it as it is and we can talk some, a little bit more about this hymn and, and the psalm as well. So the devotion's called Open Wide My Heart, Your Home. They'll be here in 20 minutes. That advent alarm throws our house into a flurry of activity. Pillows are fluffed, toilets cleaned. The vacuum sometimes puts in a brief but noisy appearance. Above all, the clutter must be dispersed. If the visit is unexpected, all stray belongings get shoved into a random closet or thrown on a bed in a back room, where you can turn off the lights and shut the door in hopes that no visitor ever goes there. Sometimes my Christmas preparation feels like that. I know someone special is coming over, and I want to clean up my life, spray a little air freshener, and hide the clutter. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord, the psalmist asks. Who can come into God's presence, the one with clean hands and a pure heart? So I'm trying to clean my heart up as best I can. Kind of last minute, but I have to be honest. It doesn't feel like my place is fit for a king, I take the sin and shame and fear and doubt and stuff it in a back bedroom and shut the door, hoping Jesus won't notice. Yet that's exactly the place this divine visitor chooses to come. That's the door he would open. That secret room of sin and shame is exactly where this king comes to reign, With clean hands and a pure heart, King Jesus ascended the hill of the Lord and was enthroned on a cross. Jesus received God's curse. You now receive God's blessing. Jesus was not vindicated, and in his innocent suffering became your Savior God. Jesus makes you one of the generation of those who seek God and find a loving, forgiving, compassionate Father. Now Jesus stands at the door of your cluttered heart and knocks. Giving this humble king access to your place of fear and shame is the scariest and most wonderful thing you can do this Christmas. Seek his face, the king of glory, laid in a manger. Lift up the gate, fling wide the door. The humble king comes to you right where you live to heal the brokenness and sin you so desperately want to hide. Jesus brings light to your darkness. Jesus makes your heart his home.
2: down to earth, greet him with shouts of holy birth. It's true, a mercy without price. Jesus, Lord and Savior, come and open wide my heart your home. Oh, enter with your radiant grace on my life's pattern, shine your face, and let your Holy Spirit guide to gracious vistas, rich and wide. Oh God, we praise your name forever. The same. Oh God, we praise your name The same.
0: That was Brooke Orozco and Brendan Norp singing their rendition of Lift Up Your Heads, You Mighty Gates. Jonathan, uh, you told me before we came on that this hymn was actually one of your dad's favorites. Would you tell me more about that?
1: This was probably my dad, Leonard Reitz's favorite hymn uh, for the Advent season generally. And I can remember two very strong things. And and, and by the way, astute listeners will notice that you introduced me as Jonathan Reitz and I referred to my dad as Leonard Reitz. Um, that, That is intentional. Uh, <laughs> my, my dad and I do pronounce our last name differently as do my brother and I, um, Oh really? How does your brother say it? He says reads, he says reads, okay. I, I say writes. Now all, all okay. this to say that, that, um, that difference really was encouraged in my family. Mm. Um, my, my father was a physicist and when he retired from General Electric, he worked for the Ohio District. He was the church extension fund director for the Ohio District of the, of the LCMS. And his father was a Lutheran pastor at a bunch of congregations in the Midwest. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this in the Milwaukee area, uh, my grandfather was the pastor at Trinity Freistadt a million years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, slight exaggeration, but so 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 the 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 whole Lutheran identity, Lutheran tradition, comes through my family pretty honestly, and this is one of the hymns that my dad attached with all of his favorite Lutheran imagery. Hmm. You know the um, my dad always connected the, the the mighty gates reference to the mighty fortress. Hmm. and how you know yes there there is a component of you know the mighty fortress being the place where all of the people that protect all of the things and people and and, and uh, extensions of God's kingdom that protect God's people where they lived and where they served the gates though are the things that get opened so that we can come in and be a part of that safe meaningful community hmm. um hmm. He, he really I remember him talking, Really passionately about that that connection around our dinner table one time, because I had said to him, "Dad, you know this 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 metaphor, this imagery, I don't get this." And he just smiled this kind of fatherly smile, you know, because I was probably I don't know, ten or eleven, <laughs> and, and I'm saying this, and 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 my dad saying, "Well." Maybe think about this even a little farther based on some of the other things that we have in our tradition, because tradition was really important to him along those lines. Hmm. And, and this imagery really meant something to my dad. And I, I will always remember that connection, you know, especially, Justin, because I realized in my in my 30s that it's actually the other part of the title that's more meaningful to me, the lift up your heads part. Um, hmm. Because I struggle with, I have a long depression history. Uh, not hmm. not everybody knows that. 30 plus years of some days really struggling, some days hmm. uh, not quite so much. And the reminder that as Jesus is coming near, Sometimes all we have to do is lift up our heads and look for them for just a second, and hmm. that's enough for all those good things to happen. Hmm. So that the, the 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 title carries great weight for me, and the imagery of the well, first of all, the close parallel to Psalm twenty-four that we read a little while ago um, it is tremendously powerful. But as 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 I hear the verses. The anticipation for the arrival of the king, this thing we call Christmas, just Mm. builds in me dramatically and intentionally. Uh, Mm. Just, just from from being, well, him adjacent is what what was coming to mind. If you're just being near (laughs) near the hymn, you know, being being in a conversation around the hymn, it still builds the
0: uh, uh, the anticipation. That's good. Him adjacent. With, with a H-Y-M-N. I, I thought you, right. you were saying being near to Jesus, him adjacent. Well, no, in this case, it's you know, just it the
1: works. him. That, that, that actually works probably even a
0: little better, but
1: uh, you know, still, I, I was intending it as him, H-Y-M-N, <laughs> adjacent. Yeah. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for mentioning the depression thing, too. That's mm-hmm. uh, often something we tend to hide from people. It's not like a fun topic. Uh, leaning into that just a little, are there... Are there times when it feels like it's hard to even just lift up your head? Is how, how would you describe dealing with depression as you head into Christmas? When how does that strike you?
1: Oh, it, it, depression. I, I'm. I'm. Well, I, I'm sure this is not unique to me, but one of the things I anticipate the arrival of during Advent is the depression. Mm. Um, hm The. Family situation that that I live in has I have come to terms now that I that that I am a grown adult with plenty of gray hair of my own, hmm. that my parents did the absolute best they could for me. Hmm. Um and that generationally I suspect my parents were healthier than their parents who were healthier than their parents and hmm. I, I want to believe that now that I'm I'm the I'm a parent, I have a 19 year old daughter, that maybe I'm even a little healthier than they were, or my brother is a little healthier than they were, um, and so I am very fortunate that my wife is patient and kind and filled with grace, because I don't look forward to celebrating the holidays because hmm. there was always some instance that came up in our family growing up. And it it never quite lived up to the human expectation that I had when I was younger. Now I've, I've had to learn to deal with that. I've had to learn to rethink that. I shouldn't say deal with it because that's not really what it is. I've had to learn to, to not get in the way of the holidays being redeemed and refocused to what they're really all about Hmm. Um, because the the years I didn't get that I realized I I realized now it was mostly because I blocked it I got in the way of it and Hmm. there is a moment where I know the depression is coming and it rears up a little bit and I have to consciously redeem and refocus my attention on not things that produce depression but things that minimize or eliminate or help me work through depression things like you know what the savior is coming things like mm. you, you know what um no my dad won't be with us here for halloween or for halloween for uh, yeah. for for christmas this year but he is celebrating things yeah. like the the family underneath it all on both sides really was built on the right stuff but there was some human baggage that got in the way sure and sometimes the simple act of lifting up my head is about all I can do now i haven't had a yeah. i haven't had a holiday like that in a, in a number of years quite a number of years double digit years probably but there are there's still a shadow to all of that uh, but you know what that's temporary and it's fleeting um, it's also not not uh, not the point. It's not what the holiday is built on, and sometimes it's taking your own like like the scripture says, it's taking your own thoughts captive and turning them over to the direction, the vision of uh, of what the Holy Spirit would bring us to, which is almost always that hmm. baby born in the manger hmm. that sets everything back to right doesn't necessarily address your circumstances in the moment but it sure gives you hope for hope for the future
0: yeah oh excellent yeah thanks that's um i think the freedom to allow your christmas celebration to be whatever it ends up being like not to have a such a high expectation that you couldn't possibly live up to it Uh, there will be people Uh, that are listening to this that maybe don't suffer from clinical depression but know definitely what it means to kind of dread the holidays because you get together with people that you love and love you and there's always a chance to step on people's toes and uh, there's all kinds of baggage that we bring to family meetings and greetings and uh, all kinds of expectations we don't live up to ourselves and other people don't live up to so to have that clear word of, of focus and refocus and the invitation. Well, I, I heard two invitations from you, Jonathan. One was this imagining the strong gates, the strong, the stronghold, the mighty fortress where, where mm-hmm. God dwells with and protects uh, these people that, that are dear to, to God. And at the same time, an invitation to lift up your head even, even just a little bit when you can hardly do anything but uh, but lift up your head and look, because Jesus is right there, present for you, and coming to you. It's beautiful imagery. Thank you.
1: You, you bet. You bet. You know, it, it's it's one. Let, let me just say to to uh, someone someone might be listening that needs to hear this is it's it's okay for the holidays to not be perfect. Hmm. It's okay for your family to drive you a little crazy. Hmm. Um, it's okay to say, you know what the holidays didn't go the way I was hoping for what's not okay or maybe that's too strong but what's not certainly not ideal is to forget why the advent and christmas season exists in the first place Mm -hmm. and that's because the king is coming and the king is the one who can put it all back
0: to right yeah, it's it's so easy to forget that second thing when the first thing isn't going the the way we thought it should. So, just that freedom to admit that you know sometimes Christmas is just plain awful. Yeah, and and Jesus still comes.
1: Yeah, it, it, right, 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 right. That that that's the thing. You know, um, I I just said to my pastor here here in the Cleveland area uh, just a week or ten days ago. You know, I said I don't like the term church family Hmm. because for me and this is not this is not uh you know i am acknowledging the contradiction here that my (laughs) family that i am 100 happy to be a part of that i know loved me also was relatively dysfunctional and carried some baggage you know there there's a there's a tension there that that is that is real and tangible um one part of my own development that is not complete is that I still, when I think of family, I still think of the dysfunction first. Hmm. So when I someone says church family, I hear church dysfunction.
0: <laughs> also true, unfortunately, well, but yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> but
1: but, but, but yeah. It misses the point. The point is that yeah. these are the people – in our lives that are most committed to our own development our own growth our own health our own vitality Mm. etc and if we can't keep our eyes on what jesus makes possible instead of what happens in spite of jesus making things possible Mm. um that's that's a tough spot that's a tough place in which to thrive
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, let me, let me kind of. Take another run at this from a little bit different direction. If if you turn the page again, there's a faith experiment, mm-hmm. a prayer experiment on on pages 18 and 19. There's an image of of a city of a you know ca- kind of castle doors just beginning to creak open a little ajar, and there's palm branches strewn on the cobblestones. Uh, the the term Hosanna we usually think of that in terms of Palm Sunday, but it's a great Advent word too. It's Love in that. our Advent hymns. It's the the coming King, and so there's an invitation to praise and and uh, Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the prayer experiment says, uh, consider areas of your life the Spirit is leading you to open more consciously and intentionally to King Jesus this year. On the opening doors, on the next page, inscribe aspects of your life, things like family, fear, dreams, shame, expectation, the past, the future, inscribe aspects of your life that the Spirit is opening in you so that Jesus may enter with his grace and comfort. Pay attention to your response to that process. Some areas of your life will open naturally and joyfully. Some areas of your life will feel difficult or shameful to open to Jesus. Lean into your response and invite the Spirit to help you discern what's going on. What does that joy or that hesitation mean for your life of faith? So I'm wondering if that had it relates to what what we were just talking about. Any, anything that you see there that fits with what we were saying?
1: Well, before we go into that, I have to tell you that I, I really struggled to actually put these things on the doors of the castle because uh, mm-hmm. I had a little too much of a Luther, a Luther thing going on here. I felt like I was nailing 95 theses to the door. <laughs> and, Absolutely. You know, I I, I I just I really struggled with that. So I finally put that away and just wrote them out on a piece on a, on a different blank piece of paper. So, Great! You're, you're, no, that's so, that's perfect. Yeah. I, you know,
0: these these are always uh, open to personal adaptations. So <laughs> it was uncomfortable putting it there. Writing on a separate sheet's a good a good thing to do. So, so what was that experience though? Writing those things down. So, so
1: I had two emotional reactions, and then, then I will actually tell you uh, what one what one of the big topics was. Hmm. Um, hmm. The emotional reaction first and foremost was. Yeah, you need to open that one up. You've been avoiding that one for a while. Hmm. Um, And and that's, well, I've sort of been practicing it here um, in this conversation because that that was related to how I think of myself, how I think of my family of origin, how I think about uh, the the places I've been. And, And you know, I don't have. I can't tell you, Justin, that I have a lot of regret for. I've been very, very fortunate. Lots of good things have happened. Far more good things have happened to me, for me, in my life than uh, than negative things. Um, but I've come face to face with my own weaknesses pretty often, and hmm. I have really felt well, just bad about my own weaknesses as opposed to Hmm. being able to just say, you know what, that's part of how I'm put together, fearfully and wonderfully Hmm. made, including that. Um, Hmm. That's, that's pretty hard. That's pretty hard. I'm not, I'm not as good at that as I'd like to be. And I'd like the spirit to really shape that in a different and more intentional way. Um, Hmm. So I I had, I had moments of kind of shock and Hmm. maybe moments of maybe even shame Going, wow! Mm. You're you're just not capable of that. No, I'm not, and that's okay. But then mm. also moments of tremendous and extreme gratitude that I don't have to be on top of that because mm. I have help. Mm. Not, not just not just any help, the best help can possibly
0: have. Yeah. So <laughs> the King of Glory is coming.
1: Yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and as is my typical overthinking process it took me a while to get there and it wasn't a straight route so (laughs) so that 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 was a that was a reality now the the other the other piece to the other big thing and i'll i will tell you the very specifics about about this is i am also opening up the spirit's help to come to peace come to confidence come to a lack of second guessing about my vocational choices, because I have made a change from, I worked in in ministry situations. I mentioned I was a youth director for a bunch of years. I was a, uh, I I worked on uh, denominational staff. I was an Ohio district staff member. Uh, I was a church planter here in the Cleveland area out of a, a, a Lutheran church. And in, 2007 when I got into the coach training world we primarily focused with focused on denominations and churches mm-hmm. but then in 2018 it became abundantly clear to me that the road in front of us had nothing to do with churches hmm. had very little to do with Christians hmm. and I remember wrestling with making a choice and having to make a choice about do we walk down this road or not? And that was very, very difficult to uh, hmm. to come to terms with. And I still wrestle with that sometimes. You know, I, I, I was in a in a church last Friday afternoon where there was a bunch of worship pastors and a couple of other local church leaders all meeting together. And I walked in. I was like, I love what these guys are doing. This is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized that it's not my calling. That's not where I'm called. And I had to remind myself of that. And so one of the mm-hmm. one of the big challenges, one of the areas that I know I need to open the spirit to open up to the uh, uh, to uh, open up the door to hand aspects of my life that the spirit might shape to be exactly what Jesus has in mind is remembering that the conversations I'm having are the right ones. Hmm. Uh, They are about development. They are about identity. They are about being built on the right things. But they don't start these days with, hey, do you know Jesus? Mm Mm-hmm. The thing that's been interesting is a lot more of them end with "Do you know Jesus?" than huh. they ever did in the eleven years we focused on churches and denominations as our primary target. Wow! Um, I, I'll give you two quick examples. There, there was a there was a woman that signed up for coach training. And she heard something I said in a video that was welcoming them to train. She so hadn't even been to her first class yet. Heard something there, and she said, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I just have a bad feeling that you this, this whole thing is going to be filled with Christians that just want to attack me. And I said, well, you're half right. <laughs> And she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, th- there's going to be a few Christians in this group. I, I, I can promise you that. Um, I can also promise you that they're not going to want to attack you. You know, uh, in in fact, if you go through this process, you call me directly if you ever even hint at feeling like that, mm-hmm. and we'll figure out what to do. And if that means giving you credit for what you've accomplished so far and refunding your money. We'll do that. You know, that, that, cause that, that, that's not helpful. And yeah. she was like, okay, all right. I, I'm going to give you one more chance just cause I really do believe you. I really, I really do want to believe what you're saying to me and believe that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's actually accurate. So I'm gonna give you one more chance. I said, great, no problem. And she said to me three months after she finished. So this, that, that conversation was, was, was like this time last year because she started mm-hmm. in January and she said to me um, when she finished a few months ago, she said, you know what? Um, there is something different about your people, hmm. uh, but it's not a bad thing. It's not something that attacks. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't need to be concerned about being attacked. Um, hmm. I just needed to, to be concerned about showing up and being who I am Caring for the people around me, and then probably most importantly, letting the people around me care for me, which hmm. I'm realizing I'm not very good at. We, hmm. Great, we we'll want to talk more about that at any time? We're here now. That's as far as that conversation's gone, but it ain't over yet. I will bet my yeah. I will bet my right arm <sighs> that that conversation's not over, and it may not be me that gets to have that next conversation. Might be somebody from right. the team. Might be somebody else in this person's life but it ain't over yet because you know what? Yeah. The king is coming. So yeah. um, th- that's one. And then the second one I'll throw out is <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have become known as the executive coach for Muslims, ah. <laughs> which is really interesting to work with w- in a Muslim client in in, in a Muslim uh, environment because um, I am, I feel Pretty honor bound, duty bound, pretty compelled to say in the intake process. So before a coaching engagement would begin, is you know, hey, uh, do you have any questions about me? Because uh, there are a couple things I want to make sure you know about me, and one of them is I, I flat out say, look, if, if it comes up that that the person is is Muslim, I will say, um, you know, I, I need you to know that I'm Christian. That ju- that it just feels to me in today's America that just needs to be on the table, mm-hmm. and. During 2021, a client said to me, a new potential client said to me, Oh, that's very interesting." Um, Got to be honest, with you, I'm not happy about that because I've never had a Christian actually be nice to me. Hmm. And I said, "Well, I'd like to help change that."
0: Hmm. And
1: he said, "Okay, uh, my my instinct is to is to try is to try this out with you, but let me ask you this: You're going to make me read from your book." And I thought he meant the coaching book I wrote. <laughs> I, 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 I literally didn't understand the question. And he he, he goes, no, 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 no. I've already read your book. I, I meant the Christian book. And I was like, make you read from it? And, and, and he's like, yeah, that's what Christians usually do. They, they like give me a Bible. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said no, no, no. I'll tell you what. I won't. I, I, if you have questions about what's in there, I'm happy to talk with you about them. But how about you initiate that conversation? And he's he like, okay. In fact, I'll make this deal with you. We won't talk about that unless you bring it up. Well, Justin, it, it, it took six and a half or seven months, but he brought it up.
0: <laughs>
1: and it it, it, it was all because he finally could say you know, I have actually been flipping through one of the Bibles that one of my other Christian acquaintances has given to me. By the way, he had three. (laughs) Um, Three different people had given him. He said, I have been flipping through it. I don't really understand some of it. Can, can, Can you shed any light on this? I said, yeah, we can have that conversation if you want. And then he said, could we set up a special time not during our coaching sessions? and I said you don't want to pay for that time do you and he said he said <laughs> he said no I really don't I said okay no problem no 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 problem at all just uh, th- thanks for your honesty thanks for your transparency and we've had a couple of conversations he's come with some really good questions now yeah that's awesome that's where it stands right now yeah but you know what the king is coming yeah and it has nothing to do with me it, it, it's just you know he he has said to me, this is this is a new experience mm. with mm. a with a Christian friend. And, and I noticed at that moment he said Christian friend. He didn't say Christian coach. Yeah. So that's cool. It's the relationship that drives. And and, and that's something that I think is that's the kind of thing that gives me hope. That's the kind of thing that gives mm. me energy. That's the kind of thing that makes me say, Yeah, some days lifting up my head is going to be really hard work. But it's worth it. Yeah. Because Even in ways I can't anticipate, I can't understand, I can't
0: imagine, the King is still coming. I I can hear in your story both your hesitancy to go in a direction that felt like you were uh, kind of leaning away from. I mean, you're you're not going to be focused on churches and pastors and congregational leaders. You're going to be going kind of out into the world and, and, and making a pivot like that. And uh, I could hear your hesitancy, and I can hear that it still is something that you have to kind of uh, bring to Jesus again and again at, to verify that vocation, that calling to be out uh, in that environment. But to hear you talk about—I mean, the fact that you open that door just to crack, and then to hear you say that you have more faith conversations with people since you stopped training Christian leaders, yeah. <laughs> that, that just— uh, well, it brings me joy. I, I imagine it brings Jesus joy too. So thanks thanks for all of that. Hey, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Jonathan, before you go, I've got one final question at, because you're a coach and you coach professionally. And that was, uh, as, as people look at this chapter and this prayer experiment, and they're thinking about things that they maybe struggle to open up to Jesus, even to Jesus, let alone to another follower of Jesus. As a coach, what kinds of things might you say to someone who's struggling to open up part of their life?
1: One of the things that the coaching world is built on is the idea that I'm not there to give advice or guidance or direction. I'm there to ask the best questions I can come up with. Mm. So the short list of questions that I would ask people that are looking to open things up to their to, to, to Jesus are things like that. These four or five questions have kind of circled through my mind. First of all, what's already open to Jesus? Because that's something to celebrate. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. What what is really, truly open and on display? The second is, what's nagging at you that isn't open to Jesus? Mm. Because that's a growth opportunity. The third one is... And I'm going to ask the same question two different ways. What are you learning about yourself as you think about what's open and what's not? Or what are you hearing Jesus say to you about what's open and what's not? Mm. Because I, I think uh, we often know what Jesus is saying to us, even if we don't want to admit it. Mm. And then finally... Okay, two more actually. What what really needs to change in your life? Cuz that's probably tied to what needs to be open to the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and this one needs to be last, just to be clear. This needs to be last. All right. What are you going to do? Hmm. But do that like I say, do that one last because if you do that one before you've thought about it from all these various different angles you know there's this there's the thing there's this idea in this in the in the in the scriptures about squelching the spirit mm. and in today's day and age squelching the spirit to me always feels like getting into action too quickly yeah so i just would say to you it's advent the king's coming you got a little time yeah Maybe reflect, maybe look inside yourself, maybe journal, maybe get out some post-it notes or a blank piece of paper and write some stuff down. Heck, maybe put it on the castle door. Yeah. Um, But do all that before you act.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Really appreciate the conversation today as always, my friend. And it's, it's good to be following Jesus with you. Uh, Amen, Justin.
1: Same to you. It's it's great to be on this same road and to, to be climbing up that hill uh, and it's it's great to know two things as well. First of all, we actually know who that King of Glory is, which yeah. is which is that, that's a win that's a win in and of itself, right? Uh, and then, secondly, to know he's coming.
0: That was Jonathan Wright, professional coach, director of training, and CEO at the coaching company Fluxify. If you enjoyed that conversation, you might want to check out Jonathan's book. It's called Coaching Hacks, and I'll link to it in the description of this podcast. Well, we covered a lot of ground. I was really glad to hear Jonathan ask those questions, those coaching questions at the end for how you might open up to Jesus in this Advent. That idea, that image of opening up a closed room that we've kind of hidden from everybody else uh, that was in the devotion gets a full treatment in a sermon I preached a few years ago on the O Antiphon, O Key of David. I'll link to that sermon as well. Make sure you listen to the end as well as the beginning to get the full impact of that image. And then, as we talked about Jesus' second coming, his second advent, in terms of his first advent, I was also reminded of a scholarly article in the Concordia Journal from a few years ago. I'll link to that, and I also cover this a similar topic in a five-minute video my wife likes to share with her fifth graders, so I'll link to that in the description as well. As always, this episode was made possible in part by the generous support of Next Step patrons. We now have an option for you to make an annual gift instead of just a monthly donation. If you'd like to check that out, you can visit www.findmynextstep.org and look for the Patreon link. I was really glad Jonathan opened up a little bit about his own struggle with depression around the holiday season. You know, sometimes we, we think of Christmas as such a high and holy time that even our imaginations can get in the way of the real event. So wherever you are this Christmas season, whatever is going on in your life, however easy or difficult you find this to be, know that Jesus is still with you. If you're grieving, you have his permission to grieve. If you're excited, you have his permission to be excited. If this is a time of of light and joy for you, then thank God. If it's a time of darkness or struggle, thank God that Jesus is with you anyway. So however you're marking this season, know that you mark it with Jesus. That's, after all, the heart of Christmas. Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us. Well, thanks for spending time with us on this Next Step podcast. So good to have you here. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.